Hot Mike, episode 128, Movie Shmovie. I'm Steve. <laughs> I'm John. I'm Ron. What was that? I'm Ron. I'm Ron. Ron. Uh, welcome back to Movie Shmovie. This is a very special episode of uh, TV Shmovie. Yes. Our spinoff. I think Alter our, Ego. Our spinoff. Our spinoff. <laughs> our our spinoff Shminoff, which is um. I think, is this the fourth time we've done TV so, Shmeevee? I think, think. so. Because I think the last one was TV Shmeevee Part 3V. So this is TV Shmeevee, but it's not the usual TV Shmeevee. In the past, we've gotten together and just used that as a chance to just talk about TV shows. We did devote one entire episode to Breaking Bad. So it won't be the first time we've narrowed our TV scope. But this time, we're going to do a list show about TV. The top five characters of the 21st century. Holy shit. Now, we chose 21st century... As a way of just narrowing it down so that we don't have to think about every character ever on television. And but, it's the most recent. Yes. <laughs> the most recent mm-hmm. century, Easier right. to recall. If, I think top five television characters of the 19th century would have been our shortest show yet. Yes. <laughs> there would have been a lot of, uh... Yeah, I don't think they had TV. I'm not sure. Yeah, well, what's TV, really? Yeah, is Miss Havisham from yeah. Great Expectations? <laughs> is that technically TV? Um, but at any rate... Uh, Ronald, what did that mean to you? D- the top five television characters. I think it was actually very recent. Besides you, a whole lot of stress. And, <laughs> yeah. Besides the and fact that you just found out that that's what we're doing. I watch a shit ton. I know. God damn it. I just thought we were good. Fucking. I've watched a bunch of TV shows. And one thing I can trust is that you guys like the same quality of show. Right. So I'm, I'm pretty interested to see how much crossover there's going to be. But what it means for me is like these characters are kind of stood out. Uh, for their villainry, their shittiness, their greatness. Right. Um, and characters that I, I reference in my life. That's how I, that's that's what I think about. When I'm, I think about like, uh, sometimes I'll say, he's as shitty as this character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, as yeah. great as this person. Or I made a list of great shows. Mm-hmm. And then I realized a lot of the great shows have two or three characters that you might think of as great characters. Sure. And I made a list of those characters. And then I went through and I sort of like, which are the ones that have made an impact on my life? That I've, that you, like you said, mm. that I quote or that I think about in daily situations. Or that in some cases it was like, what characters do I, do I like despite thinking they're horrible people? What characters are compelling against all odds? You know, what characters... Uh, have left a mark with you. And another thing I tried to look at was which characters have had kind of a complete un unfucked up arc. There's mm. a lot of great shows with great characters that when I really thought about it, I realized, well, I liked that until season four. Or they really just stopped knowing what they were doing at this point in the show. And that allowed me to eliminate some some shows and some people uh, just because I I, I I wanted to look at what was sort of perfect in my mind. Right. And there's some messy stuff on my list, but in general, I tried to look at, like you said, Ronald, which characters really stuck with me, maybe not the obvious choices, you know? And again, yeah. maybe maybe we will go through, this will be one of those times where we're all doing underdog choices and we don't mention any of the obvious greats, so yeah. we can maybe mention some of those at the end. Like our villain episode where we didn't mention Darth Vader until we got to the end and realized <laughs> nobody said Darth Vader. But that's so, good, though, because, I mean, I feel like it's kind of like an underside of what, maybe is you know always at the forefront right. of conversations which that's kind of how i took the challenge is i kind of i, I, I don't want to say I, I would bank on you guys picking some of the like the surefire mm-hmm. great tv characters but i'd also say that maybe some of the listeners or just people that you know we know would maybe put somebody else on this list that i would be like yeah that, that's right as well yeah i kind of tried to focus on tv characters that i would say maybe not the reason but one of the main reasons why I continued to watch a given show. 
You know, even if the show, I mean, some of them, sh- most of the shows of the these characters that are on my list are some of my favorite shows, but then there are some that aren't. But I just really love that character, um, or something identified, or caused me to identify with the character, or just kind of hooked me with the performance, a specific episode, or whatever it was. But there's um there's just like a little bit of an underdog quality to some of my choices, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the way I went for it because I feel like a lot of the characters that I picked aren't this well. They're the stars of their shows, maybe in some ways, but some of them aren't. So mm-hmm. it's kind of how I approached it. Yeah, interesting. You mentioned the word underdog because that was where I went with a lot of mine. And it was interesting with television. There's so much time for character development. In the great era of televi- television drama that we're in right now, there's so much drawn out character development mm. that you spend a lot of time with these nasty people or these great people, and you start to develop a real kind of relationship with them. But oftentimes, the way they play off of a specific character, right. you can look at like that relationship and say, well, I don't know who I really would say is the great character here. Do you know what I mean? Yep, yep. And that actually made me think, uh, maybe table this for a future TV shmeevy, to do the great uh, television romances. Okay. I because I think that. a lot of times, there, was, there would be a couple that I would say, oh... I don't so much like one of these characters, but I love the way they got together. I love what they developed from and what they developed into. Sure. But yeah, the underdog, a lot of times I would think of the obvious favorite from a certain show, and then I would think, wait a minute, that's the obvious favorite. Maybe I like so-and-so. And then I would suddenly get myself so excited about one of these little odd TV characters. Sure. That, that it, it, but I will say this is one of the more brutal lists. Like I could follow this top five up with another five that would be just as... Just as good sure, in my sure. mind. There's some great characters on television. On daily, yeah. I think it has to do with how much time you spend with them, though. You For really sure. do. You get a sense of what might even be like a third string character on a show. Sometimes they'll do an episode focused on them. And then after that, it, it lends every moment with that character a little bit of extra weight. So cool. Did you find comedies versus dramas? Was it, was it, did, did you mine's find yourself pretty, leaning towards mine's dramas? Mine's pretty well distributed. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty well represented. No comedies. Mm-hmm. No comedies. No comedies. So that means not... probably nothing animated. Oh, fuck. I know. I thought of so many animated characters. I, I don't think, think I don't know if anybody that. is going to make my shit. list. But. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. No, I don't have any animated. Yeah. <clears throat> There's been some good ones, though. There have. Yeah. There have. But The Simpsons is from the last century, so right. that freed so us it, up. And that's the, yeah, yeah the, the, the show has to have started mm-hmm. in this century. <laughs> that, <laughs> was the, that was your catch, or our cool. catch. Anybody so, want to get it started? I, let me jump off. Real okay. Because <laughs> only out of fear that one of you is going to say this person, and maybe not, but oh. I just. Um, I just want to get it out there because it's probably the one. Is that this I, in no particular order? Yeah, I don't have an order tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, cool. I don't have like no a particular... five to one. I okay, just have cool. five characters. Okay, cool. Go I just want. I'm pretty confident that this would be one. I don't know. Maybe one of you will pick. Maybe not. I hope not. Um. But, but what? Before you, okay. But, before you say but it. What, what? Before you say it, mm-hmm. if you choose that person, can we replace the person? I think you just replace them. You just replace them. It okay. makes, for me, right. it makes it easy. If he says somebody that, that's on my list, I'm just going to slide somebody that's in fine. who might not that's have fine. made my list. I think I know who you're going to pick. No, you probably don't. Because, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I just want to say... Cause it's, Rachel Ray. It, <laughs> damn it, John. Um, this is not like... I don't know. I don't talk about this show a lot, but I, I've always made it known that I think this is one of the greatest shows... One of the greatest shows ever on TV, and, oh. and the fact that it takes place in Baltimore, where we live, uh. makes it a little more um, something you take a little pride in. But also one of the greatest casts of a television show, I think. Deep, also, deep cast. Like, yeah, you can trickle down pretty far into the cast of The Wire, and really, it's hard to find a weak link in that cast. But the character you could pick, you could pick probably three or four and put them on this list. And it's another show too, where even the characters you don't like are so well observed. That you could love him as a character. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And 
Like I was saying, you could probably pick like three or four people and put them on this list, but I had to pick Omar. Ah, oh, yeah. Holy shit. What? I'm ready for this list. I'm so ready. For Don't, I want you to explain Thank why. Thank you, Steve, for freeing up a spot I was, on my good, top five. Good, good. <laughs> I was hoping that one We're of you... We're so close to breaking him. The only reason, I mean, yeah, so Omar, you know, like to think of him as like Baltimore's Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, among so many, I guess, horrible characters, both, both on the streets and also on the good side of the law mm-hmm. in The Wire. Um... The one that, uh, I mean, like, there were so many morally murky characters in that show, mm-hmm. but the, he seemed to be the one that wasn't. Yeah. Um, you pretty much knew who Omar was. He had his own little code. Um, he, went a le- he went against a lot of, like, the gangster stereotypes that you would see even on the street of the guy sitting next to him. Um, yeah, he was gay. He was, yeah, he was gay. He didn't swear. You know, he really didn't tolerate any collateral damage in terms of, like, killing innocent people. Yeah. You know, which is in the terms of a gangster, you're like, well, you're mm-hmm. still killing people. But, you know, but yeah, yeah. but it was a piece you could at least, like, identify well, well, there with there was a him. point in the show where they went into that, the whole idea that even that someone died in the game, in his mind. Right, right, right. Then it was different from a civilian or somebody that yeah. wasn't part of that. Right, you know? right. Um, and also, maybe one of the bleaker arcs that a character, yeah. a beloved character has ever yeah. had, even though yeah. I think that last chapter is important to I'm understanding okay the character. I'm okay yeah. with it. Because you know what he does? Is he comes back. Yes. And he comes back for revenge. For revenge, yeah. And the show yeah. does not smile. I don't think David Simon wanted to give us a revenge fantasy for that character. But what's yeah. funny is he gave us the opposite of a revenge fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. Even though that line about what does Marlo say after Omar jumps off the balcony, so that's some Batman shit right yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> Batman or Spider Man. Spider Man shit. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Something like that. So intense. Um but I don't know, just just a great character. Um Yeah. Like a character that demanded respect, you know, when he'd walk down the street even amongst the hardest thugs out there. Well that, that you know, scene when in Omar the courtroom was there, you know, people yeah. respected him. That scene in the courtroom where he schools the lawyer and yeah. basically says you're doing the same thing I'm doing, you just do it in a more socially approved exactly. way, you know. Oh, God. It's so good. So good. Yeah. yeah. So good. Um but so, you could pick so many characters on that show, but Omar was a character like seasons 1 through 5, I was always the most interesting thing of the wire for me. And again, with my theme of like one of my reasons to continue watching a show, even though that show you don't need reasons cuz it's an it's pretty fucking epic show yeah um only maybe two other shows i could probably argue are better than that in in scope in terms of the tv history of my life mm-hmm. um well you feel comfortable even if there are other things that might be as good you feel comfortable if someone were to say desert island you know to television show it's on there you feel you know that if you pick the wire you would never get bored That's you could rewatch no. it again and again there's other shows you could say that about but but but, is- but it's still a pretty a pretty special place. So what are other... While we're, Can I piggyback? I was yeah. going to say, since we're talking about The Wire, let's just talk about other characters that might have well, made the well, list. Well, one of my picks is actually... Okay, from, you want to do it. Okay, so... No, uh, I'll let you yeah, go first. If you have a pick, right, that's wanna, also there. Yeah, I have do a it. pick. And then when you're uh, done, I'll mention my other Wire characters just okay. quickly. I'll just say their names. <laughs> um, so, uh, this show should have been called His Name because he did... Well, watching this for the third time, I realized that he was an asshole... He was a drunk. He was yep. a shitty person, but he ignited. The fuck did I do? He ignited. He ignited every <laughs> single thing that happened in this show. Oh yeah, through whatever means he had to. He was the catalyst for everything. His that occurred. superpower was shit stirring and not caring. Yeah, how he affected. It people. was. It was like I, what I really liked about him is he'd be like, "Hey, this is a problem. This is a real problem. 
Okay, it's not. You're not gonna address it. I'm gonna mm-hmm. fuck this up. I'm gonna make this as crazy as possible and bring to the light what the issue is. Yeah. And that's McNulty. Oh, yeah. McNulty amazing. is an amazing character. And then and he's underrated. Yeah, he's underrated for a bunch of reasons. I I think that he's one of the few characters that respected every aspect of it. He liked the chase. He liked the chase, but he respected the people. Yeah. He didn't look so. There were people like uh, the what was the tandem that went around smashing heads. Uh, the black and the white yeah. guy. Oh, uh, Carver and Herc. Yes. Yeah. When they would go around and beat people up, there was a respect that he had where he would look them in their faces, speak to them, where he respected everybody in this whole cycle because he knew that if he had a little less opportunity that he could be on the other end. Other end of it. Yeah, and totally. that, was a, that was amazing to me. It was amazing to me that there were people that weren't in that in that system that still understood it and respected it. And just wanted justice. It wasn't about... He understood that like people were going to do dope. People were going to sell dope. That's not what mattered. What mattered is the people that were at the top destroying communities. Sure. Mm-hmm. No, totally. That's something ambitious about that. Yeah. And then when he spoke to the people like, like Omar, the people that really got it, seeing him interact... Th- that's what I wanted. I, at every episode, it was McNulty interacting with these people. Yeah. Well, I love the way his character arc throughout the show. There's that great thing in season three where he says the thing about the old beat cops in the neighborhood when he was growing up. Oh, yeah. And how at the end that's of that season, that's kind of where he is. He was, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's beautiful that they managed to keep that intact by leaving him off the table for much of season four, yeah. which is one of the greatest seasons the show did. But brilliant and kind of risky to sideline the sort of, like you said, the 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 heartbeat of the show yeah. Yeah. at the end of that season when he's coming back into it I started getting I mean I'm getting goosebumps talking about I this do, show too. <laughs> yeah. but the end of season so 4 going into season 5 you're just like shit I want to see the team get back together oh and crack God. some heads and they kind of skirt that but you can see that they're getting everybody back into the game so to speak for the end and I also thought his relationship with Bodie right there at the end of season 4 Poor is one of the more it's one of the so more good. like touching yeah. again he understood he was dealing with another soldier when he dealt with Bodie it was with respect it wasn't yeah. like some of the other cops that we saw. And I'll just go ahead and piggyback a little bit on there and say that some of his best scenes are with a character that nearly made my list, which is Bunk Moreland. Yeah. Wendell Pierce mm. just owns that role yeah. um, in so many ways, like the conscience of the show, because he's like one of the few that's just like a good cop good that guy. just does his job throughout. One of the best scenes. Okay, Bunk and him Is he are... the one who says, I'm just a humble motherfucker with a big dick? Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. the scene that has no words but fuck. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck. When they look at the boat, fuck. Mm-hmm. Fuck. That's one of the greatest scenes fuckety, fuckety, ever fuck. written yeah. in, in in TV history. Yeah. Yeah. When they're seeing the bullet come mm-hmm. through the, the window. Fuckity, fuck, 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 fuck. Fucker. Oh, fuck. Fuck, fuck, uh, fuck, one of the best scenes, some of the best chemistry I've ever seen is the two characters. That show, with those two? Oh, Especially man. those two, and I'll throw out one more name, because there's a beautiful moment in season three where they catch up to somebody, and they see, and as, as McNulty says, he figured out who he was really chasing. Mm-hmm. Stringer Bell oh. was a great oh. character. Yes. Oh, so this is what I'm talking about. We just talked about four people yeah. in yeah. a show that could have been a single show. four out of the yeah. five of our list. I know. Yeah. You know what I mean? A and, single and how, show. It, it hurts me a little bit, though. Like I feel like The Wire, well, there's no 
feel about it. It's just a fact. Like it never got the acknowledgement. And it slowly is. Yeah. And it's got like that under, like that under, like ground swell. Well, of the like, binge watching era is going to be really kind to that show. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what you want to do with that show is watch the next one and the next oh, one. Gosh. And I, I love David people, I Simon. People knew. I yeah. Knew it. I mean, I, I like I talk about the wire to so many of my friends, and no one's ever seen a single mm-hmm. episode. I'm like, take take my box. Well, set. a lot of people yeah. think it's boring, or they think it's going to be dry. Or honestly, here's the thing: I think I honestly think this is. I think people are, are. I think the fact that it's got one of the deepest uh, and most varied African-American casts of any show on television makes some people think that it's not for them. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I mean, maybe I'm supposing a certain amount of. I think there's. No, you're also, right. I think you're that right. people think it's going to be unpleasant. It's a crazy. Or they world. think it's a cop show that they've seen yeah. before. And I think some people who are saying, "I don't want to see these depictions." Like I've heard several people say, "It's an unflattering depiction of Baltimore," mm-hmm. or that it's a show with a really deep African American cast. But look how many of them are crooks. But I would say, look at Kima. Look at uh, um, Daniels. Look at Freeman. Yeah. Look at Bunk. Look yeah. at these. Gr- I mean, I've never seen a, ca- a show that did more with an Afri- African American cast yeah, than this. It's a great show, man. and it's amazing how well they do it. And it's yeah. like that in and of itself. But I do think it feels like a niche show to some people. I would say that as much as I like David Simon um, in other projects, the cops and robbers narrative that gives The Wire its spine is so well done. Yeah, something like Treme, which had great characters and great bits, and I know some people that love it and some people that hate it. It just never grabbed me by the balls the way The Wire did. Yeah. And maybe it's rare, but I mean, maybe I'm just a little bit lowest common denominator. I want I want there to be life and death stakes. I want there to be mysteries. Yeah. I want there to be something more than just the human drama. And The yeah. Wire, you never felt like you were watching stupid shit when you were watching it. You always yeah. felt like you were watching something. And the way it broadened its scope. Uh, and, you know, fuck, Carcetti. I can't, you know, another great character. Yeah, another guy who just shows bubbles? you. Oh, bubbles. bubbles. I love Bubbles. Yeah. Bubbles. Bubbles, the, the climax of the show for me is the Bubbles' last moment is, yeah. to me, oh, tears of joy yeah. <laughs> for a fictional character. One of one of my favorite scenes is a bubble scene. It's the scene where one of the younger cops is going undercover and he has his his bum outfit on. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like so proud of himself. He's like that's that's the worst bum outfit I've ever seen. <laughs> he's like why you don't have you don't have enough dead soldiers on you. He's like what the fuck are dead soldiers? He's like the 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 the, the vials. You yeah. don't have enough on your shoes. You don't look dirty enough. And he's like attacking this guy and letting him know that he has no idea how this world what is works. that what he's Who's going undercover? It's the it's the lighter skinned black yeah. guy. Um, it might be Sidner, the guy I who think. kind of replaces McNulty at the end, so to speak. The guy who's sort of he. This is, guy it, was a sort of a minor character is it, in the first. Yeah, season. I think that I think that might be yeah. Sidner. Okay, I might be wrong, but I feel like he's because he was a character that kind of stuck around. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, the wire. Obviously, we could do an entire episode yeah. about yeah. the wire. Yeah. But just to get it out there, yeah. I'm glad that yeah. you Ugh. had somebody to yes. add. Well, I'll throw out my first one, which yeah. is another show that at one point. I thought maybe I'll just be cute and make every one of my picks a character from this show. <laughs> um, but I settled on Pete Campbell from Mad Men because what? I cannot believe. Here, here's what I did. I, I came up and I don't know. Does anybody have? Are you caught up? Does anybody else have any? Yeah. Does anybody have, else have any Mad Men characters? I on do. There? I have something to say. I do. I've never watched an episode okay. of Mad Men. What right. the fuck? Well, I'll try not to spoil too much for I you. I do have a person for the... Okay, you do. You do. Okay, yes. so I won't mention... There were two other... When you get to yours, I'll mention the two other characters that could have easily... I had a... It was a running thing. I was like, okay. I, I couldn't just, couldn't decide. But what I did was I went and read their character bios mm-hmm. on Wikipedia. And I realized something about Pete Campbell. He is a complete and utter... I mean, I knew this before. 
but the cumulative effect of every jerky, he's petty, shitty thing he's done on the show, and yet he's compelling. There's a humanity to him. Yeah, they don't they don't shy away from the ways in which he's he's like a person you would not want to know. But seeing him on the screen, I mean, I honestly I identify with those types of characters who are flawed, and you see how flawed they are, and you see how like I mean, time and time again, Pete comes up short. His marriage is in bad shape. He doesn't even know he has a good thing with his wife. You know, he screws that up. He doesn't even know, like, his, the few times when he's come through for someone, though, there's a moment of loyalty here, a moment of progressiveness there. He's one of the few that was ahead of the curve with treating African-Americans like a real demographic on the show. Like, he's one of the few people that, even though sometimes it seems like he knows he's supposed to be progressive, and so he is, <laughs> he's like one of the He's semi-modern. I mean, when the show starts off, he's 26, and he's definitely he and Peggy represent. He looks so old now. But he and Peggy represent the 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 generation after the generation of Don Draper that the show's about. So they're yeah. a little bit younger, but they're still. Then you see the counterculture coming after them. They're too old for like the hippies, but they were too young for the kind of post-war generation. So there's something kind of interesting about those characters. Um, I mean, Pete's a guy who's willing to coast on his name. He has the job because of his name. But they do occasionally throw out there that he's competent, that he's good. He's good at kissing ass. You know, he's good at getting clients to feel good, but he's also petty and spiteful and he just makes so many wrong mistakes. And he's played by uh, Vincent Kartheiser, who was, I remember, you know, never knowing for sure whether he was a good or a bad actor on Angel in his role as Connor. But I like Connor more now than I did before because I've started to learn. I think Vincent Kartheiser, I think the way he plays that character, there's a showiness to it. He really feels like he's one of the few people who's putting on sort of a theatricality to his performance. Yeah. I love the way they've been inching his hairline back. It's getting crazy. Each season, it looks like you would think the actor was losing his hair, but really what they're doing is they shave his hairline back about a half inch every year. I don't know. Pete Campbell is just mesmerizing to me. And there are times when when he does have a good moment, when he does get a victory, or when when somebody does say to him, there's a great moment when his father-in-law says to him, you son of a bitch. And Pete just goes, (laughs) he just shrugs like, what you going to do about it? (laughs) I love that character. I mean, I guess there's a part of me that I was afraid I'm that guy, but there's another part of me that loves to see the, the character who earns his keep somehow. Yeah. You know. Pete Campbell. Pete Campbell. I mean, I could say more, and I would say not wanting to ruin things for Steve, because there are some kind of turnarounds. The way that he relates to the different characters, I would say that he's one of the three or four, I would say kind of main leads oh, yeah, of yeah. the show. That Going into this last chunk of episodes, I'm very interested to see how they pay off and the final so resting place they give. Yeah. I'm interested to see where they leave him, because where they, we last saw him was being thrilled that he had just made a lot of money. And it's great to see that that's never been far from his motivations at any point in the show. He just yeah. wants to make money. He wants what's his. He he feels that he was integral to building the company. And in some ways, he's right. In some ways, he's wrong. Mad Men's just that kind of nuanced world where nobody's good, nobody's bad. You know, like everybody's awful, yeah. but they also have great moments. I think that's a definitively bad person to me, but I, yeah. But I know what you mean. Like it, they have their moments where they're kind of shifting back and forth mm-hmm. and. You're saying Pete's a definitively bad person? No. I You're think my pick is a definitively bad person. Okay, awesome. Okay. All right, so we'll get to that. But yes, Pete All Campbell right, from Pete Mad Campbell. Men. I, I feel like I should I could start like a Pete Campbell fan club. I'd like to make a t shirt. <laughs> I like Pete Campbell. I just think I you know, I just think it's it's rare to see a character and what back to what I was saying originally, to realize that this Wikipedia bio that Everything he did was wrong. <laughs> yeah. And he's he's shown his ass in so many situations, and yet I still love him. That's what made me choose him over the other characters I was thinking of, was yeah. because he's such an underdog. Back to what you were saying, Steve. Yeah. He's, such a, he's such an underrated character, I think. Yeah. 
Pete Campbell. Yeah. <clears throat> so funny to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. All right, Steve. next pick I, that I have is um, I'll go with a comedy. I'll mix it up a little bit. Um, I'm going to go with the, uh, the underdog <laughs> of the Bluth family. Uh, Mr. Uh, Joe Bluth, Will Arnett, Arrested Development. I don't, I don't know what to say about him um, besides magic. I know I know that the music that we go out on is going to be the final countdown. Obviously. Um, I have a note right here, John, final countdown, Q. I'm not even kidding with you. It says Q, final countdown. Um, Agreed. I don't know, man, just how belligerent and clueless he is and mm-hmm. just... I don't know. I mean, it's a show you love, and there's a lot to love about the show. Last week, the last episode we talked about, you mentioned David Cross's film mm-hmm. um, hits, and, and mentioned Tobias. Like, yeah. you know, there's, there's, there's same thing. These shows, you could pick a number of characters, mm-hmm. but for me, from the first time I've watched Arrested, Devo- Arrested Development through the more recent season on Netflix, the thing for me has always been. His character has always been Joe. Every now and then when I see a new show, I kind of make that note to myself yeah. is who feels like a character we've never seen, seen before. before. Yeah. I think Tobias Funke evolved into a character we'd never quite seen before. Yeah. But right out of the gate, Job was like what, full of ego, full of oh delusional. Like nev- I don't think in, in four seasons he ever really understood what was going on <laughs> at any point, you know? Yeah, no, that's pretty accurate, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's what made me aware of who Will Arnett was. I mean, I feel yeah, like so he's a very good. funny guy and a lot of stuff he's done. I don't think um, he's done anything that's really matched Job oh, either. No way. Except no for way. maybe Batman in the, you, the Lego movie. Yeah, that was great. You come in pretty high when you're when you're playing Job, but um, there's so many scenes you could go with uh, in terms of standouts. But I think just as, as one of the comedy picks I have, I mean, you know, we talk about tons of TV, tons of movie, but, you know, immediately John suggests characters and i think of what, what about comedy shows i mean there's a couple people that i had on my list but i feel like what you just said they're characters that were like great but maybe they've been done before it just was like a little bit of a twist on it but mm-hmm. there's never been a Mm-mm. there's never been a joe bluth before in a, in a tv show a movie like that kind of that kind of just i all i the, the cluelessness is what gets me like just how egotistical how belligerent he was but it, ultimately how clueless he was and and at the end of the day <laughs> the eldest, meaning he really is the figurehead or should have been the figurehead of this family mm-hmm. <laughs> empire. And, and to assume what that what that would be, you know, with Jason Bateman's character trying to really keep it all together, to, to see a family that, that that's who your company, that's who your family is pegged on, is that, that eldest son that is that character. It's just, it's just fucking hilarious, man. I'm thinking of when he tries to get the flames to shoot out of his sleeve and it's just lighter fluid. And he <laughs> yeah. says, but where'd the lighter fluid come from? <laughs> yeah. I, there's a. I might even lay in the audio uh, from that, but the scene where he takes over the company and he gives the speech to everybody. Too much. Yeah. Oh my god. Maybe maybe we'll be. Maybe I'll splice Feel that in. Feel free to splice it in. Yeah. And make sure we get the. Uh, do we have musical clearances for final countdown? Please refrain from discussing or engaging in any sort of interoffice or or finger or sting or or even. Even though so many people in this office are begging for it. And if anybody does anything with my sister, Lindsay, I'll take off my pants, I'll shave, and I'll personally. So, James Bond novels were written as like exaggerated, silly versions of like British strong men. And um, imagine if you took James Bond out of his setting and put him into the real world and then 
he got married. <laughs> that's that's Don Draper. <laughs> Don Draper is James Bond. Like to a T, James Bond in a lot of ways. Like a womanizer not too nice. If to you anybody. mean like brought into the real world brought and you to... see that you that he's not that good of a dude. Yeah, it's like it's like all the values that he has are good within the context of what he does as mm-hmm. a superhero, as a spy, but in the application of the real world, I don't I don't know if Don Draper is the best person. Well, you know, he as he, as a protagonist, we gradually learn to see that. Like yeah. I think that like early on the the iconography of Don Draper was the show was everybody want you know like we all know guys who have like yeah. had for a while like Mad Men like nights out where the theme was dressed like a character from Mad Men or something <laughs> it's like people loved that what yeah. was seen as the sleekness of that and I think what the show did whether it was always intending to or not which has kind of taken that and put it through the ringer I mean Don's hit bottom in a really yeah. ugly way on the show recently but in that first couple of seasons well I think it was always there I yeah, think yeah. the show was always going to say these guys who smoked all the time and drank all day <laughs> and whored around and all that stuff you get down to it that that's gonna, like a decade later they're starting to look pretty bad and you know they smell pretty bad you know you see Don throw up in a trash can at a funeral yeah. that kind of thing where you're just like okay this guy is not Mr. Suave yeah. and I think a lot of people latched onto that show because he was Mr. Wish Fulfillment and they saw that the show wasn't really trying to fulfill your wishes with this yeah. character Right. He's such a good character. But yeah, I, I like seeing the ups and downs and downs and downs of Don Draper. <laughs> yeah. And seeing, like, I, I think it's his resistance to new things is the most hilarious thing in the world. Just, like, new ways of thinking. It's very realistic, too. Yeah, it, it is. It is. It's like the the just because he's a handsome version of these people that just kind of didn't really believe in all the hippie shit and... All, all that stuff doesn't mean that he's any less like these people that rejected some of the new ways of thinking, some of the openness to things that mm-hmm. that he completely lacks as a human being. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's cool to see that him kind of slamming into that world, and also seeing the way that his staff is treating him. The staff is treating him in in the current season. Well, he goes from being like, yeah, Mr. Hotshot to being again. It's all about everybody's going. Everybody's about ten years older now than they yeah. were at the beginning. So there is definitely this feeling that he went from. I mean, you know, you're forty, you're at the height of your game. You're fifty. People are starting to push you out the door a little bit. Yeah. And I think there's a big there's something going on, even though I guess Don's a little bit younger, but you know what I'm saying. Like there yeah. there is a there is a point where you see him, he's no longer the coolest guy in the room. And he can't yeah. keep up with the counterculture and the youth culture. Which speaking of the youth culture, the other characters, since you've already said your other characters, uh Peggy and Roger Sterling were the other characters I considered oh, putting Roger on my Sterling. list. The, this cast is deep with great characters. You could have, yeah. we could do an entire show. I mean, if Steve had seen an episode, Steve, you need to watch that. Show, but I mean, man. we could. That would be one where you could just about say, "Let's do an appreciation of Mad Men." But there's yeah. so much to talk about. But yeah, Don Draper, obviously, he he towers over the show in people's minds. The show is Don Draper, mm-hmm. um, and it's yeah, John Hamm is fantastic. Drapes and, and drapes is a like, he, like he does so many subtle things. I think that's an underrated performance because of how contained Don Draper is as a person. Yeah. You know, like he doesn't do a lot of showy stuff. And I don't. Th- I don't. I think for that reason, uh, the the awards are never handed out to. Yeah. It's to all in his face. I think. I think it's really neat to see like things happening around him, and the only thing that you can gauge it on gauge about him is like his his voice remains the same. His face, however. Says completely different things mm-hmm. in, in a lot of scenes, and it's it's nice to see a, a, a actor that really 
He acts his ass off in yeah. the show. I mean, so. he embodies the show. He carries it. Have you ever seen that? There's a super edit on YouTube. It's been around for years of him saying what? <laughs> no. I it goes through that. every... You don't, you don't realize how often he says what, but it's every... You know, it's like, what? 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 It's like it's every possible way to say the word what. I gotta watch yeah, that. Yeah, you should. Donnie Drapes. So I guess my next character, I will go, I will veer off into comedy waters. Okay. Um, and there were several characters that I thought, who has had a big impact? Who has been influential? Who has left a lot of, of other things in their wake? Um, because I, I came up with so many options. I mean, again, you know, you got the cast of Arrested Development. There's so many characters you could pick from that show. I thought about a lot of the other shows, like just almost like comfort food, the way sitcoms can be. And then I thought about, wait a minute, what about those other sitcoms that aren't so comfortable? And 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 I kept coming back around to one performance that, again, what this person has become in the media and in people's consciousness is so different now from what it was when this character first hit, and we had no knowledge of Ricky Gervais. <laughs> and we just had heard about this great British show called The Office, and we threw it on. David Brent is one I mean you know it's the British model I'll make it my argument for the British model six episode seasons two of those an hour long Christmas special done the character doesn't get old I mean I love Steve Carell as Michael Scott I was very close to putting him on the list but I thought about the problems with that show kind of going on a little too long and just kind of you know outliving its usefulness and there were things Michael Scott did that he would have been arrested for or fired for whereas the British office was not like as sitcommy and slapsticky as the American. It was much more unpleasant and grim and much more like a real documentary. And Ricky Gervais's creation of this, just that realization that a horrible boss is a fun boss mm. is so <laughs> clever that yeah. like he's a, he's a great guy to work under because he doesn't make you work. He's technically horrible. But you, you, you know what I mean. But but he, but he doesn't expect anything of you. All you really have to do is laugh at his jokes. And the idea of a guy who thinks he's an entertainer and 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 what does he say? I'm, a, you know, people think I'm a manager, but I'm actually like a laid back entertainer. Like from the beginning, he's so delusional, but in such a funny way. And when you haven't discovered that Ricky Gervais energy, I still love him mm. in theory. I don't think like you know the few movies he's headlined, they haven't always been great. Like the promise of what he might do was sort of diluted. I did like extras on HBO. Um, again, I think that Derek show is pretty is pretty sweet. I mean, the way that it plays positivity as like the premise behind its comedy rather than negativity Do you is a like great Life's idea. Too short? I, I saw I saw a couple of those. I thought it was funny. I, love that show. I mean, I'm just saying. I think that he's kind of dilute. Now that you think of him as the Golden Globes guy, oh, yeah. or as the outspoken Twitter atheist or whatever, it just yeah. feels like Ricky Gervais has. I hate to keep using that phrase, but diluted that brand. That yeah. when he was a discovery, I mean, I had I had no idea what I was getting into when I sat down to watch The British Office. So fucking funny. And still, if I think about particular things he did on that show, I will laugh. Like, the, there's something about that that little glance into the camera that he does when he can tell, when he kind of remembers this is being filmed. Yeah. Or when he has a brief moment of recognition of, wait a minute, maybe maybe I look stupid. But you just see it, the little glance at the camera, the little kind of, and he fidgets with his tie. It's just mm-hmm. such a great obser- observation about office life. And I think everybody was working in cube farms when this show came out. And it just felt like, yes, this this was the representation of that kind of shitty job that you kept because it was too good of a job to get rid of. Yeah. And you stayed there for 10 years. And, and, and here's this man who for whom this is like his family. He's got no life. 
He loves these people. He loves this feeling of being a boss. Um, yeah, just a really, just a really well observed thing. And yeah, uh, that was his first thing. Completely that's, hilarious. Was that was, that's also very scary. The yeah. fact that it was his first thing ever, mm-hmm. ever, it's like in, unreal that that's the first offering he had creatively. At I don't know. And, and now we kind of assume that kind of cringe comedy. There's so yeah, many things that yeah. have come in its wake he, that have played with that idea. He started it. Mm-hmm. He started it. I, I'm, I'm a big fan. Steve? Uh, this is probably the... Oh, no. Actually, I take that back. There's another one with a, one of the lead characters um, as my pick. But um, I'm going to go with a character by the name... Well, let me... Before I say his name, <laughs> let me know that this show went out limping to the finish line so okay. I, I have a little a little little slight irk i to, wondered about this one i think to, i know what you're to about to mentioning say. his name but the reason i do is because I, I i trace this back to being one of the first times i've been recommended a show to watch that i've fully immersed myself in the binge watching of something this is mm-hmm. pre-netflix this was getting a disc from somebody that had a season of this show and watching the entire season in an evening like early into the next morning because of a character and that is Dexter Morgan. Oh. Michael C. Hall, um, Showtime's Hitch series, Dexter, I don't know how many seasons it was, seven or eight of them, mm. um, which went out horribly in my yeah. opinion. But I can make an argument for the first three For the purposes four. of this show, you, we can just say there were four or five or however many would <laughs> yeah, make you I feel would better. Say, I would say if we could just ignore the last three or so uh-huh. and just say that there was maybe three or four seasons Mm. Of this show, um, Dexter Morgan was a, or is a, because he, you know, mm-hmm. that show ended, mm-hmm. uh, a blood spatter specialist for the uh, Miami Police Department who also just happens to be a serial killer who tracks down <laughs> serial killers and kills them. Um, awesome premise for a show. Yeah. But his portrayal of the character was something that immediately hooked me. Um, and, Beyond it being a cool twist on a storyline for me, I was totally just in awe of Dexter Morgan's character in season one, and that's what totally sold me on the series. Um, I, I've I've liked Michael C. Hall. I thought he was great in Six Feet Under. Prior to this, um, I, I love that show as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but this series, I think, just kind of managing or trying to manage the balance between having having connections in your workplace, uh, having connections in a personal life, mm-hmm. and then ultimately having connections in the thing that really brings you pleasure in this situation, is which is killing people, yeah. was something new to me. And um, even thinking about, like, even thinking about movie roles that were like this, I don't really feel like, you know, the anti-hero, the killer that you root for, the guy who's the star of the show, the guy who forges a relationship with, you know, somebody he falls in love with and ultimately has... You know, um, stepchildren, and 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 you get introduced to Deb and his character and his her, his relationship with his sister. Just a really well developed character, um, and a very unique character to me. And yeah. I, as being a fan of like of serial killer movies and like stories, like the mystery element of a serial killer, it was also really kind of a wild card for me to from Jump Street, knowing that there's no mystery to this show. Yeah, the serial killer is also the hero of the show. It's just a matter of who he's going to be hunting down this season. So that was really cool. And I thought that his portrayal, I mean, he got nominated for a bunch of Emmys. I don't know if he ever won an Emmy for Dexter, but I mean, the fact that it's acknowledged like that is I think a testament to how great he was on the show. Um, And the season I would say stand out 
season is the season with the Trinity Killer with John oh, yeah. John Lithgow. If you really want a nice tête-à-tête head-to-head battle of cat and mouse, I would watch that season because I think that season is probably the best of anything Dexter Morgan. Um, Dexter Morgan had to put on the silver, on the screen. So mm. um, yeah, I just love that character. I'm a big fan. Yeah, the, the last it hurt, two seasons. It, yeah, it hurts. It and that was only I I, I I toyed with not including him on the list, but I tried to just think about like I said earlier, like what kept me watching the show, and it was just the idea of that character of Dexter Morgan, oh, like yeah. how he managed to extremely smart, extremely thorough. Like mm-hmm. he kind of always managed to like kind of squeeze his way out of a bad situation, mm-hmm. um, when ultimately kind of doing like a service to you know the community in a way. You know, and knocking off these these guys that seem to slip through the cracks of the criminal justice system, yeah. or of the police officers that would screw up a crime scene or whatever it might have been. Mm-hmm. You know, as a guy that would go in and really be able to track down. You know, how do how do criminals mess up? You know, let me analyze the blood spatter, and I can tell you exactly what happened. Like a guy that can basically reverse engineer a crime scene, mm-hmm. really is kind of like the ultimate killer. Yeah. Because, you know, oh, he can then go into that scene and make sure that nothing is left for him to ultimately come back and find a clue to, yeah. which I thought was awesome. And I love the character, and I thought he was great as the character. Again, that's just assumed through season three or four. After that, it's all been a dream. I really like that his uh, his fatigue was just a gray shirt. Yeah, yeah. And I liked I liked the show, man. Very I thought simple, it was... very clean, very, like... <laughs> anal you know yeah. like the scrubbing you know like the opening credits of the uh, and and you know it's kind of like him making breakfast was really fun yeah it's kind of like, like really suggested but after every kill like he you know very meticulous and i don't know i just, I just thought it was a really intriguing character and I, I i always trace back that want for me to like binge on something mm. to dexter because oh, a yeah. friend of mine brad gave me the box set the box set and was like you're gonna love this show you've never heard of it what you know and it really was like the wow, I'm missing a lot of good TV, mm. and uh, especially that was also cable TV that I was not even you know that I don't think I have Showtime or something like that right, before right. we get the torrents or anything like that. But um, it was awesome. Yeah, Dexter I think Morgan. my big binge show was 24. Uh, yeah, I think that's okay. the show that like when I I saw the first part of season five and I okay. thought like the first two episodes were great, and that really was maybe the best that show ever was was like the first two or four episodes of season five it was like firing off but like I, then I went back and was watching them on DVD and it right. would be like it was really cold and it would be like we would finish a, a disc and I would be like I can get to Blockbuster and return this and get, <laughs> get disc three and I, I right? drove around one time to like three different Blockbusters getting, wow. looking for a disc just because we were ready to go for four You're more episodes yeah. and that was before the Netflix experience was really in exactly. place that was when exactly. it was DVDs um, alright Ronald I think uh I think it's your turn. So uh, I refer to this uh, show as Shakespeare-esque, beautifully written, Mm -hmm. um, almost play style. It's it's interesting to see a show where a town's being built. Oh my god! Being built around you. (laughs) You just helped me. Now I can clear my spot. (laughs) So, um, one of my favorite characters of all time, maybe maybe my favorite, is a mayor. a bookie, um, advisor, criminal. Uh, he he was everything in 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 a, in this small town. A pimp. A pimp. Uh, Capable of the occasional act of heroism. Yeah. Make question mark. Capable of the occasional act of horrible brutality that yeah. questions whether you could really should like this man. Yes. Yeah, and that's Ian McShane's betrayal. <sighs> 
portrayal. Sorry. <laughs> portrayal of Al Swearingen. Al Swearingen. The most quotable th- character on television for quotable. a while. Yeah. To, I've never seen a guy get a BJ and give one of the best speeches about That's life that I've ever seen. He, it, it's, it's, it's the duality of, of everything that he stood for and everything that he... <laughs> Another show I've not seen. Oh, oh God, Deadwood. So, not I'm only, learning a lot, though, guys, so yeah, thank you. His voice is incredible. His delivery is incredible. And... You know, that role was originally written to be just kind of like the black hat of the show. But really? They said they, when they got on set, like David Milch was famous for changing the script, like right. on the set. Oh, wow. And like asking you, do it, this time do it uh, in a high-pitched voice. This time do it like you're mad. This time do right. it like you're set. So he was constantly rewriting. So they adapted, like they saw what they had. And they yeah. built, like you can see that show becoming more about the relationship between him and Seth Bullock. Yeah. And less about like what you would expect, which would be the lawman versus the... Oh, yeah. The, but yeah. you're right. It's all about the, the town. It, what's great is his interests are on the town. Yeah. He wants to see the town succeed. He's a villain with a slightly altruistic goal. Yeah. Because he knows if this town succeeds, he succeeds. Yeah. And so he wants to see Deadwood go from being like a territory to a... Ta- or not from a territory... What, what do they call it? A settlement or whatever. Yes, yeah, yeah. He wants to see it go... Uh, yeah, and so he's teaming, like Seth Bullock, who is, uh, you know, I questioned which of them I wanted to put on the list, because I think as funny as Al Swearingen is, when he's going off on everybody, Timothy Oliphant <laughs> has somehow made a clenched jaw into brilliant acting. Like, you could yeah. see the muscles in his face moving. He's the most uptight, like, you have a villain who's who wants to see the town succeed, and you have a hero who is a sociopathic violent like a guy who's got like a boner for justice to the extent that he's a no no frills no thrill kind of guy yeah to see seth bullock and and ian mcshane or and al swearingen kind of when they evolve to sort of un- uneasy partners yeah on for the sake of the town that's some of the best stuff like those scenes are some it of the is. best things i've ever seen you know it and is. the evolution of it you know awesome Great. I'm so glad you said it because oh, I was I love that this, you can't leave it off one of my favorite moments is uh there's a moment early in season two Bullock's walking down the street with the widow, mm-hmm. and he cuts Al Swearingen a look, one of his, one of his, one of his <laughs> Bullock looks, looks. Yeah. one of those simmering like, I'm gonna beat somebody up looks, and Al Swearingen says, "You would, would not, not want to be staring like that at me." <laughs> yes, yes. I say that like <laughs> ten times a week. I say it to my cat. I say it to my kid. Yeah. I say it to strangers. You know, he, it's, it's he is fantastic. the embodiment of danger. Like if you fuck with him, your world is over. Well, that same episode is your the one where he and over. he and Bullock are fighting in the street when the carriage comes up, and he yeah. says they're all bloody, and he looks up and he says, "Welcome to fucking Deadwood." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's full of great stuff like that. His whole so thing good. about liars having a cat piss smell, and he can tell when someone's lying to him. <laughs> Just great. So good. Man. That show's frustrating. Because they didn't get a fourth season that they right. wanted. They didn't get to come back and finish it. It was never a plot-driven show. Yeah, it wasn't. But I do want to see what they... What, I don't feel like we got to see what they had in mind with those characters. So that yeah. will always be frustrating that it's an incomplete show. But I mean, right into the third season with uh, Gerald McCraney playing George Hurst. Fantastic performance. Just yeah. great stuff. It really is... It, you're right. Shakespearean is... It's one of the few things that people say is Shakespearean that earns it. Yeah. Because it's full of speeches. It has its, it's own... full of flowery dialogue. You have to get yeah. used to it. It's. I've never seen a show that I had to reprogram my way of processing words. Yeah. Like, you know the words. You know, hello, how are you doing? But if you hear it in this this rhythm that it's in the show, it's, it's fucking... It's weird. It's weird. Yeah. You have to... You almost have to go through two episodes before you're like, all right, I understand what they're saying now. Because everybody has this like, 
almost poetry to the way well, they speak. characters will be alone and start giving a speech. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing, which again, the first time you see it, it's a little weird. But once you get into it, it was like those were the moments. Like I wanted to see Al talking to the severed head he had in the box occasionally. Yeah. You know, he would take it out and talk to it, you know. <laughs> so great good. stuff. Really, really great. And yeah, I would say it's it's one of those shows. It's only three seasons. In the binge-watching age, this is this is easy, easy to consume. You can knock it out really But you'll easily. get to the end and you will say, oh, okay, this obviously, they didn't know they were ending it when they ended oh, it. That sucks. You know, yeah. Which it's is very abrupt. Yeah. So... Well, I guess I'm going to stick to the HBO show Ooh. theme here, and um, I'm going to mention a character who goes through such a great transformation from one person to another, you essentially. And uh, one of my favorite characters that's ever been on television for the transformation, I think the actor is great. He's great in movies, but he might even be best on Boardwalk Empire. I'm talking about Michael Shannon as Nelson oh. Van Alden from, uh, from that show. He starts off as the stick-up-his-ass lawman uh, with, who, who beats himself. Like, he's super religious, and you see him, like, flogging himself in his room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like the show realized... That show went through so many changes as it went along. They get to the end of season one of that show, and they've put things in a certain point. And it's almost like after that, they started to get freakier... And they started to understand more what Michael Shannon can bring. You know that weird... He brings mm-hmm. a crazy energy yeah. to the role. That character is so uptight. He's so... He's just like a brute force. Uh, but he has so many great moments. There's a moment in, uh, where he basically Frankensteins out. He's, you know... You know the scene I'm talking about oh, yeah. when he was working for the Iron Company. <laughs> but he's a guy who starts out as an FBI agent. He get, he runs afoul of the of the agency. He does some pretty bad things. But he's in an era where when you go into the office and the other FBI agents say, all right, you're going to have to turn in your badge. You're under arrest. You can either say – nowadays you would turn around and there would be people all around you and you would just put your hands up and you'd say, I'm arrested. In 1920 when that scene is set, you could also shoot someone in the foot and run out. <laughs> and that's what he does. <laughs> and he escapes. He escapes to make a new life in Chicago, and he basically goes from being a, 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 a boner for justice uh, GI man to being a, a a hired thug for for you know Al Capone and for for Dino Banyan and all these 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 you know crooks, and seeing him simmer and stew under the pressure of that and what he has to put up with and all the shit he has to eat as he goes in you know because he's in hiding. And everything gets more and more complicated for him. We see him, like I said, he goes through a period where, in order to keep in, uh, keep things together, um, he he goes to work for an iron company, and he's sort of like not the he's he's such a an intimidating character. He's not the best salesman, and everyone at the sales office makes fun of him. And there's a moment in in season four where he <laughs> goes off on the guys in the iron office, and they see who they've been dealing with this whole time. There's a scene in season five, which he has very little time in, but it's a great scene where he is teamed up with a character that it's great to see him teamed up with for a short time. I don't want to spoil it for people that haven't seen the show, but uh, where things are going crazy. And as he's running off with his partner into the night, he says, must it always be pandemonium? (laughs) (laughs) He's just a great character who lives in this heightened world. He's like a biblical character brought into modern times. And again, he goes from being a good guy to a bad guy, but you see the way he goes out very shocking but the way he goes out claiming his identity saying who he is doing the one move he has at that moment uh, that was a brutal last season uh, of Boardwalk oh, Empire yeah. uh, there were very few people left standing that you might have liked to see but uh, he was one of the few characters that occupied that middle space between being intense and funny and I don't know it just got to the point where whenever they cut to him like in that third season on he was one of my favorite things about the show and it really snuck up on me because in the first season 
I mean, he's definitely like an antagonist to our characters, mm. but in the end, he's one of the more... I don't know. It wouldn't say you like anybody on that show, but you, you did kind of want to see Nelson figure something out for himself. You wanted to see him figure out something and get his way out. That wasn't the show we were watching. Nobody really had a, had a golden ticket to get out of the world they were in. But at least in his final moments, he was, he was, he was Nelson Van fucking Alden. It's awesome stuff. <laughs> I love his character. Uh, my next pick is probably the darkest of my Dark Horse Ooh. selections, only because it's a series that started out as a pretty highly hyped series on AMC and barely made it to the end of its first and second season. It was a remake of a Swedish series and uh, promised resolution after season one. Ah. Didn't deliver it, and I think it lost a lot of viewers. Did not lose me. Uh, it got re- resurrected twice into a season three... And I think, was it season four? Um, a limited run on Netflix. But one of my favorite characters of the 21st century, um, I, I said earlier, talking about Dexter, I love the whole serial killer mystery model of a movie, of a show, of anything. I love the whodunit. I love following clues. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, a little, uh, my own little amateur detective, I'd like to think, you know. But I really uh, align and attach to detective police work. Mm-hmm. In a lot of these procedural shows, I'm not a big fan of a lot of the procedurals that are on the network stations at all. But the show is The Killing, mm. um, uh, which just ended uh, its its series run last year. Um, and the the character I'd like to give some kudos to is Stephen Holder, um, played by Joel Kinnaman, a pretty underknown actor. He was in the RoboCop reboot. Mm-hmm. Uh, really hasn't been in a whole lot, but he's in some movies coming out this year. But um, yeah, tell me about because I heard people, several people that seemed to love that show seemed to love Holder. Like they liked the show, but Holder was what they kind of took away. What was it about? I mean, you know, from the outside, what was it about like another like uh, cop on the line kind of character? What was it that made him such a unique? So guy? I think what made Holder really unique was that he embraced how flawed he was. I think this is a guy that had um, a pretty troubled past, um, found himself onto the straight and narrow in terms of being a detective and being a you know police officer. Um, substance abuse issues that he's very open about, mm-hmm. even though he fights a lot of it. Um, issues with his family, with people that he's tried to have in his life in the past. And, and they very... The thing that works so well about it is that they kind of subtly work it into the beats of where they are in the police work that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And his and Lyndon, Sarah Lyndon, his partner in the series, played by... Is it is it Muriel Eros? Uh, what is her name? She was in yeah. World War Z with Brad Pitt. And oh, okay. Yeah, I think it's Marielle something. Uh, yeah, she was also on um, Big Love. Yes. For a while. Um, it's a great show. Their chemistry is great together. Talking about chemistry last episode or the lack thereof in like a movie in like Fifty Shades of Grey. These two have great chemistry together. But I think the thing that really just got me so much about Holder is just how much you fucking want him to win. Mm. Like this dude has has had problems. He wears it on his sleeve. He's not really hiding from it or lying about it. Or he slips up through the course of the series. He has, he has fallbacks. He has, you know, where he goes into withdrawal, where he makes really big fucking mistakes, and he finds his way back into, you know, onto a path of like really trying to get himself together. He finds love. He falls out of love. He identifies with 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 some uh, characters that kind of he has a run in with. Um, not a run-in, but he has a relationship with, not not an intimate relationship, but a friendly relationship with some characters in the third season. Um, 
through his dealings of the mystery of that season. There's a lot of like street kids that are disappearing. And um, and actually, I wanted to just point out to you guys, if you've ever like had an interest in the show, I don't know if you've ever watched it or want to watch it, but one of the, the best episodes of, of recent few years that I've ever watched on TV mm-hmm. in the past two or three years is the, the ninth episode of season three of The Killing that's called Reckoning. The character that I'm talking about he becomes really close with this street kid named Bullet, mm-hmm. and there's just a, a really amazing development of their friendship through the whole season, and it kind of comes to a head in that episode, and it is one of the fucking floor you, kick you in the nuts, like, just gut, stomach-wrenching, like, horrible thing, but just, like, a testament to how much you buy into wanting to see this guy just... Good things happen for him, and to him, or the people around him, and... I'm, you know, it's just an amazing episode. It's 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 great TV. Um, but I don't know. It's just like you know, it's like a friend. He's a nice guy. He's yeah. a funny guy. He's got a really wicked sense of humor. Mm-hmm. He fucking like pokes and jabs at 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 Lyndon all the time, like making fun of her. You know, but they have a relationship where they can do that because she just dishes it right back. Mm. And he doesn't take it too seriously, in the sense that like he's an asshole. You know what I mean? Like he just is a likable, flawed guy like a lot of people that you know Mm -hmm. and that I know and that maybe I would even consider at some point in my life I was, you know? It's just a really good character and I think that he just is the star of the show. Um, It's really a bummer that the show didn't really catch on and find more of an audience and that he or she, particularly he, was never really acknowledged in terms of any kind of Emmy nominations Mm. because I thought for sure after season three they would have gotten some attention because that season actually had found its footing again and that season was great, season oh, three. Okay. Um, and even the fourth season that was a shortened season, I want to say it was only like six or eight episodes on Netflix, was awesome. Check it out if you haven't. It's not the big sexy show like some of the picks that we've had earlier in the show. That's why I say like he's kind of like the biggest underdog on my list. But from jump, like from the beginning of that show, mm-hmm. Aaron and I watched that show, and we really loved the show. But from day one, I like loved that character. You know, he's just that guy who's like a detective trying to like trying to get it right and trying to make it work. And he's like funny and he's flawed and he's just and he's just kind of like a good dude. You know, I don't know. There's nothing there's nothing sexy about his character. There's mm. nothing grandiose about yeah, but it. That's, that's kind of great. That it's might very, be what un- makes it, a character great sometimes. Yeah, it's, it's very understated in a lot of ways compared to other people on our list or mm-hmm. on my list or your list that you've mentioned. He's probably the most normal. Yeah. In the sense of like, he's a guy, you know, mm-hmm. he's just a guy. But he does a he, the, the actor. I mean, it's just I don't know. He's just he's kind of like a he's kind of like got that like a, a street swagger to him a little bit. Like he you know he's definitely been through the ringer a little bit mm. in terms of like the elements and substance and like just gangs and things like that. He, you could tell that he's had a tough life. Mm-hmm. But he's trying to make lemonade. You know what I mean? He's trying, and and I you know admire that a lot. And that's the biggest takeaway for me from that show. And the way they end his storyline is, I thought, pretty great, too. So, I mean, cool. I think they did him justice. So, if you haven't seen The Killing, uh, that's on Netflix. So, I'd definitely recommend checking it out. Right. Killing. Um, so, I think when I first met Steve, <clears throat> it was one of the shows we bonded over. Um, but I don't think that anybody could be more conflicted about how the world is. You know, you don't know, you don't know shittiness until you've been tackled out of a window by your father. You don't know. You don't know shittiness until you've experienced that. I agree with that. And uh, John Locke is one of my favorite characters of all time. Not only because he's like, 
So let's take like normal characters, right? Can I just and, say something real quick about okay. this? I worry about I, I worry about all these lost characters because I thought of like five. <laughs> yeah. But the show, I feel the like show's the show nuts. F- fucked them all around so much that yeah. I didn't feel like at the end. I mean, I was able to just save myself some space by going. They were all so corrupted by the end that none of them had like that perfect arc. But if you're talking yeah. about Locke, yeah, that first episode that focused on him is still oh. one of the best episodes of television oh, yeah. I've ever watched. Yeah. Agreed. So. You know? Throw it in. He's one of like, those... That was what hooked me on the show. I'd heard it was good. I watched that episode, yeah. and then yeah. I watched okay. every one yeah. avidly until it went off the yeah. air. <laughs> you know, He's one of those people that... Tragic, though. Yeah, if you really tragic. put together his timeline, it's like knowing terrible. what we now know about what really happened to that man, yeah. it's very sad. If, yeah. you, if you take all the things that happened, even like the... There could have been... There, there's a moment that could have <laughs> been considered jumping the shark in terms of his character. A bunch of mm-hmm. moments with him. He still remained one of the best actors in the fucking show. Like, every scene that he was in was powerful. His glances, the subtleties. One of the few characters that that I can say has a trademark squint. He does. You know, his little squint look that he would do. That kind of looking through you. Like, uh, look at like kind of smiling, you. but kind of like, like yeah. Oh, okay, that's 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 the play. And He's don't tell of... me what I can do is one of the best. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it just was a great intro to that guy. Yeah, and it's... the way they revealed that he was was oh, was in a wheelchair and everything. Too. All that yeah. stuff, man. It's it's makes for one of the best characters on TV. To the point where, like, anytime you see a lost reference, you see his face in the middle of it. <laughs> like, he is that You're person. Right. He is lost. He is the. I, he is a part of the island. Well, I honestly think that losing the plot with Locke, like, what they did with that character. Mm-hmm. Again, they did so much to, like, counteract and screw yeah. stuff around. But I feel like they, up until, like, the third season or so, he was great. And then I don't know if they, I don't know. Yeah. I don't want, again, without, at this point. You know, and you know there are still people to this day that think they were dead the whole time. That's when I want to like cut off a relationship with somebody. Is <laughs> when they when they when they're making fun of how bad Lost was, and they say they were dead the whole time. God, that's what we waited to find out. And it's like, no, even they if weren't. Was, even they if weren't the, dead, but they weren't. I'm saying yeah, we know for a fact yeah. that that wasn't the story. Let's be clear here. Right. That wasn't like a possible interpretation. Let's not plant the seed. They were okay. on. Now, here's the stupid thing. <laughs> They were on a magic island, Ronald. They weren't dead the whole time. They were on a magic island that that allowed them to all show up in a shared purgatory together. Mm. That had nothing to do with whatever. I think that last season was missed opportunity city. But yeah, Locke, Terry O'Quinn, that's his name, right? Yeah. Yep. Terry O'Quinn, just great. I yeah. got to talk to him about the show and it... Sh- at, at the Apple store? Yeah, man. He gave me a Locke answer, which I thought was incredible. I was like, so man, I, I really enjoyed the show. I really don't know what the end means. Do you know, can you give me like some insight? He's like, I don't really know. Why don't you tell me what you think it is? And I was like, oh, this is what I don't want. Don't do this. Don't do you this. You just John Locked me. He fucking, he did it and it made me feel like, it's like having a friend, right? Just because a friend didn't come to an event. Yeah. Doesn't mean that he's a shitty friend overall. Just because a friend died in a stupid accident <laughs> yeah. doesn't mean you he wasn't a good friend. You know what I mean? Like you, you it's I, it's weird the way that people abandon <laughs> things because it doesn't go the way they want it to go. Oh yeah, totally. it's very weird. Yeah. I, okay, so I, I I will never. It's like Dexter, man. Dexter was I, a lot of shows were there for me. Like I I needed some entertainment. I didn't have any entertainment. I yeah. got I know that what you show. Mean. 
And it's 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 interesting to think that somebody sees one episode and they're like, the fucking show is bullshit now yeah. because you what? Well, Lost tried so many different things. I think in Did. the end, what hurt it was that it, they didn't have a plan for tying it all together, yeah. and so retroactively, all these things didn't really make sense or they made they explained them in a strange way i just feel like they again i think that those guys had something amazing that they just kind of lost track of the fact but that you the still produ- love Locke. you still when you think back on it like i still love sawyer i still love benjamin linus yeah there's a handful of characters from that show that kind of go in the vault for me you know as far as people that it was fun to watch evolve over over yeah. six years the producers literally told us that it wasn't going to be about what what it wasn't yeah. about at the end yeah. like they told us on a podcast that it wasn't going to be about what it was about, and then it was about that. Yeah. Well, that so. whole last season with the Flash Sideways, I felt like that was a missed opportunity because it turned out to be part, it just turned out to be like a dream season or something, as opposed yeah. to something that was really affecting the narrative. But yeah, like I think we're all we were all lost fans, right? We all yeah. watched it to the yeah. end. So it's like I still have a lot of affection for that show. It was on a network too. You can't forget how rare yeah. that is to see that level of production value, that level of strangeness. What's sad is that now it's become the cautionary tale of the show that can't tie up all its loose ends. But I'm not really so much mad about that. I didn't care about the the mysteries not being answered. I just cared about the fact that it felt like that last season they spent so much time on those flash sideways when it turned out they were all like a fantasy. And I don't like the dream episode. I, you know, every now and then. Yeah. Like Sopranos would occasionally do a dream episode, and I would kind of check out a little bit. Um, I think some shows do dreams well. A show that I don't think we're going to mention on this episode that's actually a great show that I just now realizing I didn't put on the list. When you were talking about how Dexter was kind of like a criminal because of how well he understood the criminal mind, yeah. I thought of Will Graham on Hannibal. Yeah. But that's a show that does dreams beautifully. Yeah, like I actually agreed. love their fantasies and their hallucinations. But I was definitely going to name somebody from that show, but yeah. didn't didn't make the list. All right. Well, I guess we're getting close. I'm going to have to decide now that there's been so many spots cleared off. But I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, really one of the first people I thought of. And I checked. I don't know if this is a cheat because technically this character, you could say, began in the late 90s. Mm. However, there was a period where some very intelligent writers sat down with a man named Stephen Colbert and they sorted out, well, we're going to have this new show. You're spinning off from The Daily Show. We can't just have you be an ill-informed man who's kind of like, you know, you don't have Jon Stewart being the smart guy to bounce off of. We've got to figure out some other way to play this. And they hit on the idea of satirizing the demagogue, the television demagogue, the Bill O'Reilly, the Rush Limbaugh, these guys who, like, it's personality-driven news and politics. And if you saw Stephen Colbert leave The Daily Show and... You might have thought, well, how is he going to be? How, how are they going to make this guy have a show? Right. And then if you saw the first episode, if I mean, if like me, if you saw it, you thought it was brilliant, but you thought, how are they going to sustain that for a week, let alone a month, yeah. let alone almost ten years, years yeah. let alone having it be one of the most intensely constructed, <laughs> longest running characters? It's like a sketch character, but it's like it's so real. It's Stephen Colbert, but it's not him. I, I love the experiment of it, but they did such a great job. There was so much continuity. There was so many references and callbacks to things, but it was also still really, really funny on a joke-to-joke basis. And then it was a point where it eclipsed The Daily Show, where if you were watching both shows, you really were looking forward to The Colbert Report because it the fact that it's The Report. I just yeah. love that right there. Yeah. It's just one of the smartest things I've ever seen is Stephen Colbert's performance as that character and i honestly believe he's one of the most gifted brilliant 
minds we've seen mm. on television. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think if you see an interview with the guy, he's amazingly thoughtful. He's amazingly smart. I, I, I loved him on The Daily Show when he was just a correspondent. He was kind of one of my guys. It's kind of funny. He and Steve Carell, when they showed up on The Daily Show... I was like, these guys are great. These guys are going places, you know, and I mentally cast them in all these little fantasy movies I was going to write because I was like, somebody needs to recognize these guys, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's like a few years later, it was like, oh, I don't, you know, they're not my guys anymore. I, 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 it was a little bit like that band you love when they were uh, on an indie label and then when they when they become mainstream. I'm not that guy, yeah. but I did find myself thinking like, oh, wow, Steve, Stephen Colbert actually belongs to the world now. Like people know it's rare to see something that good get get. It's rare to, rare to see something that good get recognized for how good it truly sure, is. Sure. And I still think it's like an amazing thing. I mean, even though, um, you know, I think we now that's kind of a default setting. That kind of irony that like the Daily Show provides. Mm-hmm. I think what Colbert did was something uh, different in a comedic sense altogether. And yeah. it's just I don't know. It's just it really is like even sitting here thinking about it. I think it's amazing what he was able to pull off and how long it was able to work and how funny it was right up till the end, you know? Yeah. So, and, and also a little bit of nervousness about this next chapter for him. I'm super nervous. I'm nervous that he won't be able to be political. I'm nervous that he, not that I want him to be political, but I just mean, I'm nervous that it won't be as pointed. And I'm also nervous that watching him sit down and make small talk with some sitcom actress about her new lifetime movie or something like that, that like, that's not going to have any point to it. (laughs) And I don't know what he's going to do, but he is a talented song and dance man. You know what I mean? He comes from theater. He, he will do anything for a laugh. So if you look at, even though I don't think Jimmy Fallon is, is fit to hold, uh, what is, what's the saying? They're not fit to hold his jock strap. Is that yeah. what people say? Do people yeah. stand around? I don't do think people stand any... around holding another guy's jock strap? It just yeah. occurred to me. maybe they're saying putting it on is out of the question. You can't even hold it. Yeah. yeah. But um, I think that if you look at the Jimmy Fallon show, I love it, what it's become. Well, I don't so much love it, but I think you can see the sorts of stuff they do, the yeah. viral gags, the musical. I think Stephen Colbert has a similar kind of goodwill with celebrities. They'll come on there ready to do anything. So I hope sure. he does something unique with the format because it'd be so. sad to see him just being another another white guy behind a desk in a suit. But yeah. but yeah, Stephen Colbert, glorious. The fictional Stephen Colbert, glorious. I actually got to go to one of his shows like a couple of years ago. Really? So oh, I wow. watched it film live. Yeah, a buddy of mine won tickets and it was an amazing experience. I bet it was fun. It was a blast. Who was, was the guest? Blast. I don't remember. Not it wasn't anybody that I was really some pundit who wrote a book. Exactly. No, in all seriousness, <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. I, I didn't. I don't really. I wasn't familiar with who it was. It wasn't anybody that was on my radar. Well, I mean, how brilliant was that? Like so often the interviews. But like, but like he came out, like he like got the crowd going in character, and that was just awesome to watch. And then it was like when he was up there doing the interview, his interaction with the crowd was truly like in the moment. Like it was like it was like quick well i mean mean, he was so quick about it like the problem the daily show frequently the worst part of the show if he's got a pundit with a book it might be a real dreary seven minutes of your life to watch that but stephen colbert that the the extra bit of sleight of hand that he's basically playing an opposite day version of what he really thinks yeah it made even some of the more boring interviews at least a little bit interesting because you were like what's he what's his gag going to be how's he going to force them to state their case by by coming at them with something utterly absurd yeah and it was it was like you know you have to be a talented in the moment, thinker. A lot of that stuff can't have been scripted. So. Oh, sure. Yeah, he had to be just kind of flying with that. Uh, let me see. My last pick. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. But not the greatest. This is just last. No, this isn't the greatest. Um, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Again, trying <laughs> to pick a few off of the... What sure. is it called? The beaten path? Off the path? beaten path, yeah. yeah. Um, so one of my favorite shows... Uh, again, I started this list with... You know, with the wire and one of my favorite shows ever. 
I'm going to end it with another one of my favorite shows ever. And it's definitely a show that has its really, really core, rabid fan base that helped it find its way onto like direct TV to finish out two seasons. But um, I don't know, like I'm a sucker for like the sap and the emotion and the family angle and high school and nostalgia and sports and friends and things like that. So when I first watched the TV version of Friday Night Lights, mm-hmm. I was in from the first 15 minutes. Jason Street, uh, Tammy Taylor. I mean, you could take you could I, I could probably pick a couple characters and really talk for a while about them. Mm-hmm. Tim Riggins, you know what I mean. Whatever you want to do, t- you know your boy Taylor Kitsch, um, <laughs> in, in, in his best role ever. Yeah, m- yeah right. M- no, to add, yeah. Um, but Eric Taylor in his actual best role. Yeah, ever, his yeah. actual as, but, as convincing as he was in a loincloth right. in, in John Carter. Um, Kyle Chandler plays Eric Taylor. Coach Eric Taylor. Um, Kyle Chandler's so good. I mean, I, I, I don't watch Friday Night Lights, but I just mean he's good. He's great in everything I've John, seen. Him I feel in. like you would love that show. I, think I feel I would. like you and Nikki could watch that show and mm-hmm. just be like, this show is amazing. I mean, like the husband and wife duo, I feel like you guys are very much like that. Like, oh, wow. Both in your relationship with one another from what we were able to see and also like with your son. Like, just a great role model, mentor, husband, father, man. That is just like me. Yeah, I mean, I don't think of anybody but John Walker. But in, but John walks. But so like this guy is a football coach. That's what he's cut his teeth on. That's what he's known for. That's what he's successful at. Yeah. But he has such a high moral line that the sport isn't all that there is in life. And like I think there's so much to take away. It's clichés that might be in certain sports movies. Even I, I even like the Friday Night Lights movie that came out with Billy Bob Thornton directed by Peter Berg. I was a fan of that, but this show just completely blows that movie out of the water. And and because of how deep it can get into the yeah, family, sure. it's the TV thing, and the right? community, mm-hmm. and the you know, and the friends and teachers and the school systems and everything. But um, <clears throat> to be able to follow years of a series that follows years of students going through school in a part of their life that's the most impressionable part of your life, you know, transitioning from high school to college Mm -hmm. and even still mentoring students that he was, you know, a coach to or a teacher to past college, you know, that come back to see him because he, he's that guy that was always a really positive um, piece of the puzzle of, of their life. And that character is like, it's just like stuck with me. You know what I mean? And, and I have people in my life that I could point back to and be like, that's kind of like, yeah, like a coach Taylor to me was like that guy or that that woman or that teacher or that that friend of my friend or whatever it might have been, but I feel like just the guidance that 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 character provided and and you know and it, the best part of this is that it's not a one dimensional character, mm. he's just not and I kind of said it earlier but he's just not the coach of the state champion football team, he's the the father he's got a daughter who's in high school he's the husband of the wife who's a guidance counselor at the school mm-hmm. you know and and to to make a comment i think that eric and tammy taylor are probably my favorite tv couple of all time mm. and their dynamic connie nielsen uh or connie Britton, sorry mm-hmm. her her his and her dynamic Too hot going connie's. To, yeah t- i mean take your pick right yeah. <laughs> um their dynamic on screen as a husband and wife is what i feel like that would be it for me if, if you know, Aaron and I get married this year, if we could live a life like they did, I would be a happy man. Like, mm-hmm. they have challenges, they get through them, 
they have a family, everybody loves one another. Priority one is always what's right there at the house. And that like just, you know, like as sappy or cheesy as it sounds, like being built around a TV show about high school football, you're like, what? Yeah, but also you know? when you, if you make that compelling, that's a sign that you're doing something special. Like if you can if you can make normal slice of life stuff and normal challenges that people really face, like right. family, keeping the family together, keeping everybody happy, you know, everybody's got a career, like making sure you don't drift apart, those types of things. Yeah, that's that's real life. So if when it's done well, it's it's very rare for it to be done well without going into like super sentimental stuff or super sappy stuff. So, yeah, I mean, what's funny to me about Friday Night Lights is there are so many non so many people that that I, I mean, again, it's not a sports show. I think is, is exactly is what I've gathered. That's I mean, the not, best not having compliment to give to yeah. that show is that it's not a sports show. I mean, it's called Friday Night Lights. It's about high school football. Yeah. I mean, that's on paper. That's what it is. It's based off of a book about high school football. But they really just like cut the book open and just said, you know what? That's that's what our, that's what the hook of the show is, I guess. Mm-hmm. But how much detail, how much appreciation and respect is paid to the littlest things like. You know, somebody who, a, a student who's who's pregnant at a young age, you know, some a student who goes through a really, really heavy, like, crime and, like, what happens with it. Mm-hmm. You know, a student who is the star of the football team who will never have a future in sports because he breaks his back. Mm-hmm. You know, the mental state of a person that in that fragile part of their life mm-hmm. who thought they had Easy Street paved already and now there's a guy there that is going to help you get through this. And he was your coach, but now he's a friend. And, you know, I don't know. It's just... It's a very unique role. I love Kyle Chandler because of this, and I'll see anything he's in because of his performance as Eric. What's Taylor. that new show that he's on that looks on oh, the Netflix show that I sent you guys? Yeah, um, shit, I don't even remember what it's called. It's got a uh, Bloodline. Bloodline, yeah, that looks, looks great. That looks really good. After his part in uh, Wolf of Wall Street, I'm especially interested to see oh, what right, he does right. now yeah, because that, he just that plays. Show looks good. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be a good. You were saying mystery, a good unfolding yeah, kind yeah. of thing too. I don't know. I just feel like there's always a character, like different parts of my life. Like I remember, like like watching shows like The Wonder Years and like just there was that 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 dad character that was always like just like a model of a man mm-hmm. like of a man you know yeah. and it's just like I think that now I look back on TV of the 21st century but even of main, mainly any TV that I've ever watched in my life and I don't know that I really picked many other men to be a model of like beyond that guy yeah mm. so i mean i don't know it's a it's an amazing show it's one of my favorite shows you know a show that didn't really stay along to stay around too long but like another show that had like a rabid following yeah and they got it back on like direct tv satellite i don't know it was something i had to go through all these like loops to get through it and actually to find this tv show when it started airing again but if you guys haven't checked it out, I'd recommend it for sure. I mean, especially, I, I feel like, John, I feel like you'd love it. I've just heard so much great about that show, and it's always that kind of trust me, you'll love it kind of yeah. thing. So I, I believe I will enjoy it. I, I plan to catch up on it one Does day. Is it on Netflix? Honestly, don't think so. No. I like that. Yeah. I have to go out my way to I, find it. I don't really even know the history of that show. Like, I can't even remember what network it was on. I know it was on, like... I thought it was on ABC. It was, like, a shitty I mean, night, ABC. and then it got moved to, like, Friday nights, and then it got moved to, like, Sunday night or or Tuesday night. I don't know. It was all over the place before it got canceled, and then DirecTV picked it up, and I think they did two seasons with it. But, I mean, the way they... Oh, God. The way they wrapped that show up, knowing that it was, like, that's the end... Mm. The way they wrapped it up was awesome, man. How and many like, seasons are there? I want to say it's like four or five. Oh, okay. That's reasonable. Um, and I can't believe it even made it that long, to be honest with you. But yeah, I want to say it's like four or five. 
but you know it's like it's got that sentimental like it's got that heartstring through you know the whole series it just plucks at it just at the right time but okay definitely check it out yeah i'll definitely awesome. check it out what's your last pick Mine bro is such a cheap one i mean let me hear come it come on come on this let me hear it credited credited as one of the the few dynamic characters that completely has changed from the first season say so. his name Walter White. <laughs> Thank God, one of you. I got a little nervous. Yeah, I'm like, no, are you I waiting to the end? Is I, he going to be our Darth Vader I, here? He's like, yeah. I didn't pick it because I'm like, John or Ronald's got to pick on. this guy. I mean, the big elephant in the room is right, he's okay. the he's the best. He's one of the best characters ever written. I mean, I could easily agree with that. I don't. I mean, we've talked about this and sh- acted and, and conceived acted. and pulled off, like from beginning to end. They mm-hmm. they set out telling one story. They finished that story. The show was over. I dare you to give me. Or two or three episode stint where it got boring. Never. I dare got stronger. you. It towers. Like that performance yeah. in that role, it is the show. It's like a- acting one on one. As great as what... as great as that show is, uh, Brian Cranston like com- embodies the scope of, of what it could be. And I mean, I, and and I think there's tons of great characters on that show, but it was a very single focus show. Like mm. the, the, any character that's not him. Or maybe Jesse is definitely like a, a, a second or third string character, you know. Yeah. So like practically on screen, almost like every scene, you know, for five years. Yeah. And we saw him evolve. To something I don't even know what he. But would I mean, we saw that. every microscopic step on the path from yeah. normal guy to maybe what he always had inside him in in the end. You know, maybe that's what the show sort of told us was that it wasn't just. Based on what was happening to Walter White, it yeah. wasn't just based on having cancer and trying to provide for his family. He comes around to being able to admit that he liked it. Yeah, he really became Heisenberg. Yeah, good intentions. Yeah, <laughs> in the beginning, really good intentions. But yeah, off Walter White. Well, that was my last pick. Really? So good. I'm glad that I can now make room for someone that I I, I wouldn't have even thought of. And we've had we've said these aren't. Um, these aren't necessarily our favorites, the ones we're putting at number one. But you know, I will yeah. I'll refer to somebody that uh, I do think was a character that kind of kept me going through the show, a performance that that kind of became the show for me, uh, and that would be Michael Cudlitz as John Cooper on Southland. Wow! Oh man, Jesus Christ! I didn't. I think completely of that. forgot about Southland until two minutes ago, <laughs> and I thought shit. to myself, if that's Ronald if Ronald pick. pulls Walter White, I got to go with Cooper. Oh God, that's such a good Sweet, pick, man! I'm but glad like, you got some kudos to Southland. Yeah. <laughs> but like that character, I feel like that's a show that like we we clicked over. Yeah, no, we yeah. did. That like took us next level as a. Yeah. As I a, think our first TV schmeavy, I had just utterly marathoned it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's good. Uh, that's good. but you know he just starts off and you 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 he's he's riding these this this these new recruits. I mean he's 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 not a fun guy to be around. He seems like a guy who's got a lot of demons. I mean we see in the show like the, the, it slowly comes out that he's got like a pill addiction. It slowly comes out that he's gay. All these little character things about him that aren't the thrust was him trying to be a cop. Mm. And I will say too that even though we know that show didn't get a sixth season, but. What his character's doing at the end of the fifth season is one of the darkest things I've ever seen on television. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. Why are you making me think about this? <laughs> and, that oh. ending was. Whew. But I mean, like his yeah, his whole thing and yeah, you're supposed to think he's kind of annoying at points when he's when he won't let the what's the uh, Ben. What's his? Ben McKenzie. Is Ben McKenzie the actor? Yeah. What was his character's name? It was. I, I was going to say Ryan. But that's the OC. 
<laughs> it was Ben Sherman, so it is Ben. Oh, Ben, okay. But yeah, th- that that relationship, the way it evolves, and again, th- that show just told you it had something else going on. With It didn't become about those two guys getting over their differences and becoming a great team. It went in a totally different direction. And I think yeah. oftentimes Southland, as formulaic as it could be with the sort of case of the week stuff, it always went in a different direction than you expected a cop show to go. Oh, yeah. It went in a different direction than other dramas that were mining some of the same territory would often go. And I honestly think that by ending a show, starting it and ending it on the premise of just how hard it is to be a cop and to try to do a good job, I know that we today, we're thinking of our cops as a little bit more of a clear eye, and we see a lot of the institutional problems Mm. that are at the root of why we sort of distrust the police. But I wouldn't say that Southland is like a mindlessly pro-cop show. It definitely shows a lot of corruption. But it's not the shield. You know what I mean? It's not one of those. It's still it's like treating them essentially as like the potential for heroism is there. And there's yeah. great moments. But there was always an ugly underside. Southland always had a, an ability to give you that, that, that punch. Uh, and I think that a lot of it was connected to, um, you know, again, you can see it all in that character. The, the mental state he's in at the end of that show is just brutal. And, yeah. uh, and you almost would think that kind of showy, he's kind of a showy actor. And I honestly think, like, I don't think he's quite, maybe on Walking Dead, he plays a character on that. He doesn't really have the material. The performance mm-hmm. isn't really quite there. That show's never going to be a great show. It's always going to be a, yeah. a, a halfway decent show with moments of mm-hmm. greatness. Mm-hmm. But when I heard he was going to be on that show, I was like, awesome. And then it, he shows up and he's, he's another kind of a little too in-your-face character. Yeah. Um, I don't like the dyed red hair. I don't like the the flat top. There's so many things about that character that, that are the opposite of what I expected from him based on how believable uh, uh, John Cooper was on Southland. Yeah. So. Good pick, man. That was a really good, good one. Good follow-up. Yeah. Does anybody have any also rants that just that you just couldn't that you couldn't put on your top five, but you knew they deserve a call out? Nancy bought one. Nancy Botwin. Nancy Botwin. Liz Lemon. That was that's a good one. Yeah. I Leslie I, Nope. Leslie Nope. I, yeah, I was I gonna had, say Leslie. I nope. couldn't decide between Leslie or Ron. Ron Swanson. Yeah. yeah. Leslie, oh, Ron I'll, Swanson. I'll, I'll follow up. I, I, a, a kind of a dark horse for me, but uh, Mabel Pines from Gravity Falls. I mm. love Mabel. Oh, Gravity Falls. She's so great. I love her love silliness and her spirit. She's just a great character. And also sticking in the animated realm, I I, I came really close. He almost was there. But I didn't quite make it. But the Ice King from Adventure Time, I think, is oh my god, he that's starts such a out as character. kind of a villain. But as that's gone on, he's developed. I mean, the backstory of that character is actually extremely complicated. Yeah, and I would say that like the perform the vocal performance that Tom Kenny, who's most famous for SpongeBob, but I think that Ice King is another Ice King brilliant is bit of voice acting. I mean, it's he's an incredible voice actor. Can we just agree that yeah, Tom Kenny is. is is a genius? Yes. And the Ice King started off as oh, it's Tom Kenny turned into a whole new thing, a whole new character I've never seen before. Yeah. Um, the episode where he's wondering where the smell is coming from and his little uh, penguin, Gunther, is farting. And the Ice King <laughs> comes in there and what does he say? He's like, Gunther, you've been blowing it up in here. You have a stank booty. That was one of Henry's... Er- that, Henry thought that was hilarious when he was like three and a half or whatever. And he would walk around saying you had a stank booty all the time and stuff. So it's like, you know, Ice King had a spot in my heart then. But then I was shocked. Like, that show... The show's so good. It's, it's the development of... Like, the continuity is shocking for yeah. a show of its nature. So And the music. Uh, Bill Hendrickson from ah. Big Love. Never seen that. What? Fuck, man. P- polygamy? Come on. <laughs> Come on, bro. 
I gave a, a a nod to, but he quickly fell down the list. But I still think Abed on Community is a is an yeah. original creation that's really well performed. Yeah, that's good. Um, and I wanted to give a little bit of love to Rust Cole on <laughs> True Detective or Forrest McNeil on Review. But I feel like both of those characters are so new and so fresh. They didn't the paint's not dried on them yet. Yeah. And it seemed a little silly to to single it out, but. Um, yeah, I guess that's about it. I mean, I, 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 it was definitely hard. Uh, oh, also, I really wanted to give a nod to somebody on It's Always Sunny. I couldn't decide between Charlie or Dennis. I like, which one was the more original He was on my character. also ran list. Yeah. Was Charlie. But, I mean, Charlie and Dennis are the two characters that you can say there's never been... That character's never been on a sitcom before. Agreed. You know, yeah. Dennis yeah. is slow developing the, whatever the truth about him is. Oh, is, my God. <laughs> so dark. But um, yeah, great, great Good stuff, talk, guys. man. Good talk. Definitely. I got. I definitely. I think we got some takeaways. Challenge or not challenge? A, a, a to do list. I got to watch. Deadwood. I got to watch Deadwood and Mad Men. And I would say too, a character that I really wanted to put on when I was thinking about Walter White. I, I have. I have loved Saul Goodman from the moment he popped up on screen. Yeah. And I love Bob Odenkirk. And thus far, I love Better Call Saul. And I, I, maybe in a few years, I would be prone to say that character. But it's like I couldn't put him on the list of all-time great characters when his arc is really just beginning yeah. with that show, yeah. Yeah. and Walter White has a has a has a beginning and an end and a period on it. And I was yeah. like, that's too perfect. So he was the real standout. But I do think Saul Goodman, when you take screen time versus enjoyability, I think Saul Goodman is one of the more enjoyable characters to watch on screen that I've ever seen. So this start to Better Call Saul is way better than I ever. It's expected. amazing that opening scene. Bought so much pathos because now I'm invested in seeing him bounce back. I want it's just like you know when you would see Walter White get down, yeah. and you would want to see how he thought his way out of it. They've started this long game with Better Call Saul, where we're going to see him turn into Saul, but then we're really going to want to see him come back from from that after Breaking Bad. That's just yeah, brilliant. Like th- those guys know how to make a show. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think that they would be doing this if they didn't have somewhere to go with it. You know, it, you can tell that they are doing something slightly different with a lot of similarities to what we saw before. Oh yeah. So. So yeah, they had an interview with uh, what's what's the not not Vince Gilligan but the other showrunner for Better Peter Call Peter Gold. Yeah, on uh, EW, I listened to their station on Sirius XM like nonstop, and they were talking about apparently the episode nine of this season. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he said is like the most gripping television he's ever made. What? As a little teaser for I mean, a little wow. to wet your whistle. Well, Bob Odenkirk know. said it gets intense. Yeah, you know? he said like if anything they've shot on Breaking Bad, he said episode nine of Better Call Saul season one. Is bigger than anything, and in, in, in his opinion, you know, oh, yeah, I mean, you know that 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 episode was like he said six and nine are the two episodes to really, if you buy into this show, six and nine will like just sell it. You're going to be in for the for the haul if it makes it, you know, however long this show. Well, they did they get two seasons of it. They've already, I think they were done more or less with the first season, and they got renewed for a second season. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh. it's like it's probably going to be one of those that. That you know what I mean. That develops, uh, but I, I you know I don't know. It's it's I don't know if I want to sign in for five more years of being on the edge of my seat. Yeah, no. that's the only thing about it that <laughs> yeah, annoys me is that like at the end of that first episode, I was like, and I had this feeling, and yeah. I was like, what am I feeling? And I was like, oh crap, it's that Breaking Bad feeling of like I'm gonna be tense walking around. You know, I'm gonna be yeah. like making my coffee in the morning and and being like, what's gonna happen? Like wondering if someone's gonna come in and shoot me in the head. They turn <laughs> regular scenes into like the most tense. Scene. Well, they meant, they know how to focus it on a detail yeah. and then draw. But they draw scenes out like the, it's a very slow paced 
when he's, like their when he, filmmaking is very slow paced. That kind of yeah, yeah, that like kind that. of house style. I like that. It's so the much. tension is insane. You know, he's love, in that I, store and somebody's staring at. Well, he thinks he's yeah, staring at, at, him. at Cinnabon. When he's oh Cinnabon. god! Well, the whole, then I, the scene back at his apartment. I was like, I kept thinking someone was going to come in. I thought they were going to open this show with Saul getting killed, yeah. and they're going to uh, flash back. Flashback, yeah. And at the whole scene, I was sitting there going like, and there's a shot of him like from the outside, like looking out his window, and it's a snowstorm, and he, the window's kind of greased. It's just so sad. But it's man, like it's the so feeling of it's. Brilliant though the way that they immediately answer your question of like what what's what's happened to Saul yeah you're like oh that yeah and then you get the flashback and like oh fuck now let's do this well you know actually I we can't talk about Saul without me mentioning this I don't know if you guys saw I I posted it on Facebook but I've I've started doing there's a podcast network called Second Course Media that does television recaps so I'll be recapping. Oh, this, I've been this, listening, John. I'll be recapping this season of Better Call Saul I'm, with I'm my buddy Chris from home. Oh, really? So it's a show called Saul Searching. You can find it uh, online. So that's a John, weekly. He's going I, love I love that, man. Well, a guy I know that does recaps uh, was like trying to put together a network, and he talked to me, and I just kind of threw out some shows, yeah. and he was like, he saw this one as a good one because the scuttlebutt about it was that it was going to be a bomb, right? And so, like yeah. other people that do recaps, that like you know, Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, these and Mad Men, these shows have a lot of interest. There was sort of he, so he was interested in doing Better Call Saul because he was like, we might actually have a niche. There's like the official Better Call Saul podcast, and there's not there's not a dozen no, other podcasts yeah, about the show. So people really thought that was going to fail, and I wasn't sure. But I thought it looked great, but I wasn't expecting it to be as excellent as it is. You know, right. I thought it was going to be fun, but I didn't know well, I think it was... they like, kind of like set the wrong expectation a little bit, because I think when it was all coming out, they kind of made it sound like it was going to be more of a comedy. Yeah. Which I don't know if that was intentional, just to kind of throw people Well, off. they even said it might be a half-hour show. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like that, that, that format even itself lends itself to a different show entirely. It does. So, you but, know. Yeah, but right away on the show, you see, you see. I mean, Bob Odenkirk is great. And he's right. getting a chance to flex every muscle he's got. Oh, I love so it. So I feel like he's I, ready I'm, for this. I'm in. Yeah. I'll, I've enjoyed yeah. the first two episodes. So. Awesome. Yeah. So All right, go, guys. go check out John's other podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Saul Searching. Yeah. I love that name. <laughs> the only you know the only reason why I didn't peg you guys for it is because we have a hard enough time getting together once a month. You know, I, I want to ask you. We need to we yeah. can discuss this off the air. Yeah. But um, do you guys record that remotely, right? Mm-hmm. Why, we need to figure that out. You, uh, you know, my buddy my buddy bought a microphone. The only I, th- we, I would, we got mics. I would miss this. I would miss this, guys. Come on. I'm saying in terms of like yeah. us missing weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, like, let's just hop on and record something. We or or like, one of those weeks where house. we weren't planning on getting together, yeah, but exactly. something current has come out. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. John knows people now. Yeah, <laughs> it's all who you, you know. know. T- you know, you never know. We may, we'll see how this goes because he's got like he's trying to line up sponsors and things like that. That's so, awesome. And I've talked to him about. So you know, who knows? Maybe maybe movie movie will move on to a network if there's any point that in doing that. Let's do it, girls. If any network wants to pick up a show that comes out eh, a couple times a month, give it. A date. <laughs> oh, for that, I'll do a couple. Man. We, we <laughs> we'll do a couple more. A couple, <laughs> a couple more. more. Well, guys, obviously we love television. Almost as much, maybe as much, maybe more. I mean, I think what's funny is that when you talk about movie, it used to be that if you were a movie buff, yeah. you were talking about the best entertainment being made. Yeah. Now I really think television. Yeah, you can't. You can make like the you argument. You can't really make the. I think it's totally different. We've talked about this, but a movie is a great distillation. A good hour and a half, two hours. Choosing the right two hours to show is sure, key. Sure. A television show that gives you a whole different look into a world of characters. Oh yeah. And we've really just scratched the surface, but I feel pretty good. I think we hit the high points. Yes. Yeah, you know, great choices Definitely. all around. Cool. All right, guys iTunes, review it, like it, star it, share it. Mm-hmm. Come on. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm surprised. You know, I feel like people have just gotten used to us saying that. They don't think about what it means. But it actually would help us. If you yeah, like us on iTunes, it will make us look good to the other 
three or four people that check us out on iTunes. I have a feeling that 2015 is going to be good for us. I think you said that about 13 and 14 also. Well, we, we, we're getting better and <laughs> I better. I feel like if you better. keep saying it, eventually it will stick. Yeah, He's the eternal it'll, optimist. It'll be that year. I like it. Yeah, I like I it. I like it, Ronald. I like Ronald's positive energy, though. I'm willing yeah. to go with it. Yeah, I think go that with that. that. I'll go you know what it. it is? Like Maybe this year we can believe it because now podcasts are a thing. Mm-hmm. I yeah. feel like people cereal? are starting to understand it. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. It's like, Thanks, Serial. Yeah. But, but the oh other thing God. is now our 11 downloads, we know it's possible to get 5 million. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Got to strive for more. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. And uh, as always, you made our day. You've made it. You've made it. <laughs> That's you it. Made it. Okay. You've made it to the end of this episode. <laughs> you <laughs>